0: It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys. Three generations and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and c 925 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 3- The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. 85, 90 95 hundred. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and Auction your items, and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today: nine eight nine seven two zero sell. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell. We'll get it done for you. Call nine eight nine seven two zero sell. You'll do better with Sheridan.
1: Nelson House Funeral Homes' number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration, they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at NelsonHouse.com or call them at 989 723 5234. Well, welcome to episode 135 of Three Point Podcast and day 180 of the world changing. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and our brand new teammates, Hankard's Sportswear. I'm the season one, Ted Fattel. Our middle guy is Matt Burns on the phone from North Carolina, and the young guy, Jared Fatell, joins me here in our mid-Michigan studios. We're going to be talking about a lot of sports, and we got a lot to get into, uh, Uh, College football is underway. The Michigan High School Athletic Association, big news back in play. We'll talk NFL and Lions and uh, a whole lot more here on this podcast.
2: I was having a great Labor Day uh, weekend this past weekend until I saw a post actually from you, Ted. Yeah. That was, and it wasn't brought to my attention until my dad mentioned it to me uh, a couple days ago, basically saying that, you were playing a song called, quote-unquote, Timothy, which I didn't know what it was. But it's apparently it's a song from the 1970s that talks about eating a guy alive like in, in a mine that three guys are stuck in. It's a horrible song. It's not catchy. And oh, the weirdest catchy. part is that you were tweeting it as if you were proud of it. But, but this leads me to my next part. <laughs> then I hear this story after I was talking to my dad about it. You took your three-year-old daughter... To go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) when she was only three. And and I think almost the weirdest part about that is not the fact that you took your three-year-old daughter. But the fact that as about, like a, what, you were probably 40 years old, you went to go see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you had to see it so bad that you had to take your three-year-old daughter. So just I, a lot of things kind of went through my mind this past weekend about kind of how much of a psycho you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I think she was a little older than three, but be, that's beside the point. I was one of my couple of uh, parenting gaffes. <laughs> That's what I, I mean. <laughs> a gap. <laughs> Sometimes you just do what you got to do, right? I
3: mean, if there's a movie you want to or a concert, or something like that, because, you know, you've, you've probably been to concerts where you see, like, a two year old there and uh-huh. you kind of, like, What's going on there?
2: Well, the parents probably wanted to see the show. Yeah, the, the difference is, it's like a teenage like slasher movie, I, like I, something that you'd go to see if you're 16 years old with your girlfriend.
1: I think I ran out of things to do on my daddy weekend. That must have <laughs> been it. I, that's all I could say. And back to Timothy. Now that song, that song is a it's, it's a upbeat tune, man. But you're right; they do uh, chow down on Timothy in the mine. I don't think they <laughs> ate him alive. I think I think he was already dead. But <laughs> I was I wouldn't say. <laughs> I was proud of my tweet, but I thought it was – I listened to that song, and I go, can you believe they actually had a song with these lyrics? And, I mean, if you look up the lyrics, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is.
2: <laughs> just something that kind of made me – like, I, I scrolled by it, and then it kind of made me just look twice. And then I hear this story about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You guys have deep, deep dark feelings within you. I don't
1: know. Oh, if you only knew, Jared. If you only knew.
3: <laughs> but, to look into uh... – the state of Ted's mind on day 180 of coronavirus.
1: <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> My other daughter said, you know, have you guys, any? either of you two caught yourself doing something dumb and, and just attribute it to COVID brain, you know, because of this 180 days, like you're not really thinking 100% straight?
2: Well, I mean, I, pl- I not necessarily COVID brain, but there was a period of time for about the first month of quarantine where I played, I think I, think I racked up about five days of Call of Duty in-game play time which that's not even the loading or the waiting in the lobby that's flat out you're playing the actual game. So that definitely probably uh factored into how my brain was pretty damn dumb
1: for a while. Still think I'm kind of permanently damaged. I'm going to I'm going to blame my Timothy and Indiana once tweet on COVID brain. <laughs> COVID brain.
3: I mean, it, you know, you you tweeted about it was a, you know, a cool picture or whatever you guys it looked like you were out fishing. Fishing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going yeah, to point out did I see uh Maybe, Jared, you probably won't even notice this, but, you know, because I have a daughter, I did. Was there a baby toy on the pontoon?
1: Oh, yeah. there. The other was. I mean, we. I had my weekend. was really a, a, a great weekend, man. I'm glad you led me into that because both granddaughters were into town, and so we did some serious boating, some serious outdoors activities like fishing. Had just a great grandpa weekend, so I have no complaints about this Labor Day weekend. How about you guys you, you went to a wedding somewhere didn't
3: you yep uh my my wife was in one of her best friends wedding in
1: tennessee yeah
3: it was on the lake they rented a couple houses it was small it was just like family and and really just a couple friends so it was a small wedding but yeah they rented a couple houses that overlooking a lake in the mountains in tennessee so they had their pontoon there and you know we were just hanging out on the deck listening to music and eating a ton of food and mm-hmm. having some good drinks and Man, it was nice. It was, uh, it was a good time. It made, made me want to just, like, live there. Hey, check live out in the lake and stuff like that. It was nice.
1: Check out Timothy next time you're listening to some tunes. <laughs> that's,
3: what, that's what I was going to say. So, you, so you, you took your daughter when she was, when you were saying three. You You're saying maybe a little older. Oh, I think she was better. middle school.
1: I think she was middle school. Nice. Your dad is How does it get exaggerated to three? He's exaggerating. <laughs>
3: but probably maybe still young and too young for the movie. She was but too whatever. young. Yeah. So your young daughter and then. Yeah, your grandkids listening to Timothy now?
1: Well, they they weren't there at that time, so, okay. so I'm off the hook on that.
2: <laughs> Can you just explain why that song is playing on your speaker? How does it? How does one save that to their library no, and no. put it in the playlist of like boating and Labor Day weekend like barbecue playlist? How does that? Full, full
1: disclosure, you know, here's what here's what happened. Uh, I listened to Sirius Radio quite a bit, so I was listening to the <laughs> '60s station, right? and they were playing their top 400 summertime songs Dude, of all time. That's almost more and t- embarrassing. And that made it. What? It's not embarrassing to me. They played it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's almost more embarrassing. That that's how, that's like what you listen to. That's your listening pleasure. Well, it's my childhood, man. I, I remember listening to that song the first time it came out. Think about this. you know, the Three guys in a mine one doesn't come home <laughs> and
2: they, they were kept alive on timothy and you act like our generation is the one that's like crazy for being on tiktok and things uh, i mean good
1: god well before we talk sports let's, what about your weekend you have a good weekend
2: I did. I mean, we we're, we're gonna uh, let's just get it all on the table right now, real quick. I mean, I was having a good weekend till I saw your tweet. <laughs> till the Kentucky Derby started. Oh boy! And I just took an absolute bath. I mean, I don't. You guys know that I'm a big Bob Baffert guy. Uh, I may or may not have been talked out of betting on the horse that won at eight to one odds. Uh, authentic, who is a Bob Baffert horse, and I ended up just going with the favorite, tis the law, and he just got absolutely dusted. But I will say this: the the Kentucky Derby of all the sports that I didn't expect. To be affected by the no fans, I thought the Kentucky Derby would be number one on that list. But it just didn't feel the same like, no, at all. whatsoever. Compa- like, which was just really surprising to me. I figured of all of them, that would be the one that didn't feel affected at all. But it felt horrible. It didn't even feel like the same sport. No, No electricity in the air when he won. It really didn't even feel that cool it just wasn't the same thing whatsoever
1: till he kicked baffert and knocked him down
2: <laughs>
3: yeah i mean yeah it's, the derby is one of those things that you think about the crowds obviously the women's hats and yep. the suits that the men wear and obviously the drinks the and everything juleps. and then if it's pouring rain everyone's out there in the pouring rain so yeah so yeah the, the crowd not being there did definitely take away like you said some of the electricity of the event.
1: well one final question for you is you said you were talked out of it i mean you have been the biggest baffert booster the last two years on this podcast, when Kentucky Derby time comes around, what made you change your mind? Well, Bob
2: Baffert's other horse—I'm uh, drawing a blank on the name right now. Yeah, he got injured, concussed or- himself. Yeah. So something in my head was like, I—you weren't hearing anything about these Baffert horses going to the races. Normally they're the favorites. Normally they're the number one talked about mm-hmm. uh, thing. But I, but I was a little bit busy on Saturday. Wasn't able to do the normal research that I do, and. All I'm seeing is this headline: how this Bob Baffert horse knocked itself out right before the race. I mean, and that was enough to scare me away to think there's something off with these horses this year. The karma. and then two seconds later, Authentic leads it from wire to wire and just dusts every other horse by two or three horse lengths.
1: The so. actual race was a pretty good race. You have to admit that. But you're right; you, the excitement level definitely wasn't yeah. there, and they certainly didn't need a five-hour presentation of it. That's for no. sure. That was crazy. Well, let's talk a little football here in a second, boys. But before we do, I want to tell you about a couple of our friends. Advanced Elevator Company, they have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Speaking of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce, our brand-new teammates, Hankard Sportswear. They've been the area's go-to clothing and more printing business for many years, have hundreds of satisfied customers. The Hankered Sportswear team has a very loyal customer base, giving a good product at a great value. All of Hankard Sportswear printing is 100% guaranteed to meet or beat your expectations, or you can get a return of your funds. Hey, you need something today? Well, check out the Owasso Corona and St. Paul School Spiritwear in stock. They can help you out for your family reunions, sporting events, business promotions, charity events, and wholesale for your retail location, school spirit, etc. That's Hankard Sportswear, a member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2004, located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street. Stop by, call them at 989-725-2979 or give them a follow on Facebook at Sportswear. Well, football boys, we got some football now on TV. We watch college football. I don't know if you saw any of that. The NFL coming up. High school has returned. Where do we want to start?
3: I, I was going to ask you guys about last night's game. I'm not sure how much you you watched. You know, not much
1: days. because it was a blowout. Uh,
3: yeah, it was a blowout. But did you see that the Navy coach... He did admit that they hadn't done any contact tackling practice before that game, and then, you know, they ended up getting blown out. I just, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I I can't believe that they didn't do any contact practice before a game. I know, obviously, we're going through this whole virus thing and everything, Mm -hmm. but that, that just seemed crazy to me.
2: That, see, it is a little bit crazy. I feel like times have changed since, even since you were in school, Matt. You guys are probably full pads every single day of practice. I, and I know hitting. we were. Us, when we were in high school, I think we only had, like, one hour of full contact a week before the game. And sure, like, during 2 days we had a little bit more than that and stuff. But I feel like it's a little bit overrated, the hitting, because I feel like the only thing that can really come from it is somebody gets hurt or... Somebody gets somewhat injured and doesn't want to maybe fill the hole quite as hard next time, or, or something like that. But in terms of never having any sort of contact leading up to, and these are college football players, the toughest of the tough in the college football, uh, Navy Seals, pretty much on this team, and they're only they're not hitting at all leading up to the game. I mean, it's no surprise that they just got absolutely demolished. Yeah. Especially when you run the option, that's like they're supposed to be durable. They're supposed to, that's kind of what they hang their
1: hat on. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't have any contact. And I, I suppose the reason was COVID-related because what else would it be? But would, if you think about it, any of the academies, the, they're the they're the, they're in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. So it, that made no sense to me, and obviously showed they were totally ill-prepared to play. Mm-hmm. BYU's pretty good, but. But that was that was a bad performance, and you know I was excited to uh, to watch that game. I didn't tune in till it was like twenty four to nothing though, and I go, "What the hell?" So I didn't. I went right to the NBA. Yeah,
3: but at least they were playing, right? Because the Big Ten is still yeah. screwing around. Like, do you guys think that? What are we seeing? Maybe it's going to be early October. Maybe it's going to be Thanksgiving. Maybe we're still looking at winter or spring. I mean, we've been saying it for weeks now, and I'm still sticking to. If you're not going to get it going like right now, basically, just move on to the next fall because like stringing us along until Thanksgiving, winter, spring, it just doesn't. It's like what what are, what's going to change between now and then where you think it's going to be safe to play? Then just move on to the fall if you're not going to yeah. start it up right now.
2: I, I, every day I see a new tweet saying something like, "Oh, like the Big Ten's seriously considering." Uh, starting up, you know, like next week or something like that, Matt, or at Thanksgiving. I think they look pretty damn dumb right now, but come a month, come two months, and let's say the SEC or somebody has a huge uh, breakout of cases, like they could end up looking like geniuses. So I feel like it's too early to really tell, and it's too early to kind of tell, period, because we don't really know the long-term effects of COVID. So whether or not we go through this season without any hitches, I still feel like it's a little premature to say that Big Ten is dumb in what they're doing right now.
1: Well, yeah, I, I agree with that point, but uh, it's just, I think they're looking foolish. Yeah, they're digging in, but there's so much pressure on the presidents right now from the, the athletic directors, the coaches, the players, and, you know, to... To just leave things hanging, it is it is a little bit irritating, without a doubt. I mean, and like you said, you're checking out social media and tweets. You know, you got one guy, a national media member, saying, "Well, from his sources, they're going to start playing in October." Yeah. Then you got another one saying, "Well, there's going to be three or four of the Big Ten teams aren't even going to participate at all." And included in that tweet was Michigan State and Michigan. Are you? That's ludicrous, isn't it?
3: And then you've got the the president is now starting, like the president of the United States, <laughs> starting to weigh in and yeah. like that certain governors and, you know, he's making it a political thing that certain governors are holding back the big 10. so now you've got even like sitting members of the U S Senate are weighing in and saying like, we need to get this thing going. The big 10 needs to play. And it's just like, he, that stuff just, you know, there's people obviously grabbing onto that and saying like, yeah, see, look at, you know, Trump is saying this and the senators are saying this or whatever. And it's, if you don't see that, that's a clear political play. Like they, they, they really couldn't care less if the Big Ten actually played football. They are just trying yeah. to show those fans, like, see, you know, I'm trying to win some votes. See, I, I, I'm telling you that the Big Ten should play, and these Democrat governors were trying to hold it back. I mean. I don't know, do you guys see it that, that way or is that
2: just Yeah, that's why it's, it's I think it's actually pretty hilarious. Some of them tweets because it's like where was where was Trump when it was it was like on the brink of getting canceled? Like where was his opinion then? No, it's it's kind of funny how it's canceled and then he says something like play football. Right. <laughs> like where it's like it's going to change something or like he was the one that wanted us to play all along, but he didn't want to be the one that was in, you know, making the decision when it had to be made. But why, as Michigan fans, why are you guys so dead set? Uh, like, you're saying how it's preposterous that Michigan won play. You're wearing the Michigan sweatshirt. All that Michigan football has done to me, my entire life, is pain. <laughs> I- I'm okay with taking a year off and just enjoying college football and not having to deal with the blowout losses to Wisconsin, the absolute blowouts every single year to Ohio State, the Jim Harbaugh, is is he on the hot seat? Isn't he on the hot seat? The, that whole debate, I'm okay with going a
1: year without it. I can I can certainly see your point on that, but, but. – If the Big Ten is going to put a season together and, you know, let's just say what we've been hearing out there, well, there's eight schools that are going to go ahead and play uh, play some sort of schedule. It is ludicrous to me to think that Michigan would not be in that group.
2: That would be the absolute worst possible scenario. I mean, imagine if you're – Like, let's say, like, Wisconsin or something wins the Big Ten title. There's no Michigan. There's no Michigan State. It's just an asterisk on an already asterisked season, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Well,
1: it it does. And, you know, you you talked about political, Matt. I mean, I'm going to throw this out on the table. If I was the commissioner, if I had the vote, if I had to say – I would say the Big Ten starts their season in early October. You give them the go-ahead now. But that's probably not going to happen. They're running out of time. And and to speak about being political, doesn't it make sense? They wait till Thanksgiving. The election will be over. They can run a Big Ten season. They can run a Pac-10 season. They can just play the two champions against each other and call it good. And you still don't have to worry about that ridiculous idea of playing a spring season. Here's and before, I feel like Matt's
2: just getting shut out, shut down. Yeah, right. that's I the hate problem. hate Rob when he's on but, the phone. <laughs> but here, but here's a great idea: Big Ten plays late, uh, late season. Pac-12 plays late season. The winner of the two
1: teams playing the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and that's absolutely 100. I that's think a that's what's going to happen. That's that's my view.
3: It does seem like I've seen some people throw that around, and I guess if you could figure it out, I, I still just stick to it. like. I mean, I guess unless you're going to try and play in some of the professional dome stadiums, that you know, Pac-12 would probably be okay yeah. out on the west coast but just thinking about like Michigan Michigan State playing in those stadiums in like mid and late December even January I just I just don't see how you're like really gonna justify that you
1: know? well you look if, at health, if
3: health really is the one of the main concerns
1: Yeah, but look at it this way. You're not going to have hardly any fans in attendance anyway, right? Don't you think these institutions could work out a deal with, like, Michigan State and Michigan could play at Ford Field, and you could use Indianapolis, and you could use uh, Minneapolis has a dome. There's one in Milwaukee, the baseball field. I mean, they could make it happen, I think. You know, you're not going to have many fans there. It could could work.
3: Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, if if you can work that out, I guess I can see it. But we've talked about it, too. Like, wait, what – What players are going to play? You know, Michigan's already lost a few guys. Penn State's already lost a couple guys. So, yeah, like how many more players would sit out? But I think it will get to a point. If we do actually see a football season with the ACC and SEC and Big 12 and it goes pretty well, I I would take any sort of Michigan football season I think that I could get because I would be watching, like, Alabama
0: and
3: and all these schools winning all these games and just, like, man, why are we not having a season right now? Right. And, like, you know, the ACC came out today and they issued a statement, like the, the an official statement from the ACC. And they basically said we're, we're going forward with our fall season. We understand the risk. We have dates and things set in place for if we have to delay. They even said, like, we basically assume there may a, a delay may come. So they're build, building in stuff into the schedule where you may have to take a week or two off or you may have to move some games. And that's the stuff where it's just like, why couldn't the Big Ten have done this? It, it was like they were trying to be smarter than everyone by canceling back on August 11th, and what? Now we're it's yeah. basically a month ago, and every other everything else is going fine, and the Big Ten's sitting there twiddling their thumbs. So
2: well, yeah, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, the Big Ten pulled the maneuver where they thought everyone was going to follow them out. They thought they were the alpha dogs in college football, and the SEC looked at them and said. You guys literally win one title every twenty years. You guys are not calling the shots for us. We call the shots. We'll yep. call it when we're done.
1: Yeah. Well, I think presidents have been known to have pressure put on them before. And if the Michigan's president sticks to what he what he's doing, the hard line, you know, there could be a lot of pressure on him if they don't have Michigan football. Let's face it, Jared, your statement was exactly right. Your lifetime of Michigan football hasn't been a lot of success, but it's still Michigan football. The tradition is still there. Michigan football rules. The campus there at Ann Arbor. There's no doubt about it.
3: The athletic director, Ward Manuel, he came out. I'm sure you guys saw it. He said if there's no Michigan football, the athletic department's going to lose $100 million.
1: Think about that. So,
3: I mean, yes, I, I think their endowment is like $12 uh-huh. billion. So obviously, Michigan would be fine for a season or two, <laughs> probably without. But you lose $100 It'll million. Hurt. That's like n- nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of money.
1: Well, and, that, and not only that, the whole recruiting battle, you know, you lose a whole season of, of- football and all these other conferences are playing and they're able to pull it off i mean that's we've talked about that before that's crazy let me ask you this though before we move on and get some pro football talk in it looks like your guy milton won the job huh is that official if they play I mean,
3: if they they put out a, a depth chart and he was number one on the depth chart you know so you know whatever that means who knows because they're not even not even playing any games but yeah, yeah and every, all the reports say that he's like just crushing it at practice and I'm going to stick to what I said. I think, I mean, Jared, I know you're kind of off of Dylan McCaffrey. You want nothing to do with him. I think he would be like, he'd be a good quarterback, probably one of the better ones we've seen since Harbaugh's been there. But I think, like, for me, he kind of is what he is. The ceiling for Milton, I think, is just so much higher, where, like, if everything gets put together, I mean, he might be one of the best quarterbacks we've seen at Michigan in a while. So maybe that's kind of starting to come together, and, of course, We're not going to get
2: to see it come out. I'll say this. I'm not sure if Milton's going to be good or not, but he's going to be a lot more entertaining than what McCaffrey would have been. Which at the end of the day is is what football is, that you watch it for the entertainment value. And that's what he's going to bring. I'm not sure if he's – As you guys know, I don't think either of them are very good because neither of them stood a chance at beating out Shea Patterson. (laughs) So hopefully maybe Millen has just taken a bunch of leaps forward this offseason and he's not the guy that was the third stringer last year.
1: It sounds like that's what happened. And You know, I was a McCaffrey guy, but I could see – and I'm – hey – Believe me, if Milton won the job, great. That means he's better. That means that means they might have a better chance to win. That's awesome. McCaffrey, I think though, will still have a role. I think you'll still see him come in wildcat situations. Maybe maybe he'll play flanker. I mean, I think no. he's got he he's no. got some skill. Keep him on the bench. Really? You say keep him on the bench? Keep I, him on the bench. I think, I think the kid's a player.
3: Yeah, I, I think there there would definitely be packages for him anyway. And then obviously if. It's Milton was playing terrible. He would probably come in, but no, I, th- I think he is too too good of a talent to just leave on the bench. Kind of like when Tom Brady and Drew Henson were there. It was I, like the too too good of QBs to just leave one on the bench. So I guess I mean, why are we even why are we even talking about this so much? Because we want it.
2: <laughs> I guess I'm not sure what has what McCaffrey has shown you guys that makes him this elite at like the super athlete. Other than he had one run against Wisconsin like two years ago, and he has the last name McCaffrey. But clearly doesn't have the same athletic gene pool as Christian McCaffrey, his brother. So that's the only thing that's making you guys say that. I that's
1: think. your opinion. I mean, I saw enough of of him on the field that looked pretty good, had some potential. But I guess we'll see if they ever do go back to playing.
3: It's the same reason why we kept holding out hope, Jared, that you were going to be a good basketball player.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, there's I, a dig. That's I can see. It. <laughs> Does it hurt, Mr. Setshot? One in 21 record? All I know is I've scored the most points in the entire Fattel family. That's all I can tell (laughs) you in my high school (laughs) career. That's actually a fun fact. (laughs) That is a fun fact. I guarantee you (laughs) that is a fact.
3: (laughs) I did not know that. That's, a, that's definitely a fun fact. There you,
1: you also go. probably have the most losses. Well, so that's that's a fun <laughs> fact. That's not so fun fact.
2: That's <laughs> a <so> fun fact.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, guys, speaking of high school sports, we talked about our basketball careers, but uh, football is back. You know, the Z92.5 played two weeks, got three weeks coming up for Castle Classics, but live football has been given the okay by the governor and the MHSAA. Uh We've had different thoughts on this, but what do you think here as we record on this Tuesday night? I think
2: the fact that I personally didn't really agree with bringing it back, but now that I feel like it's kind of like everyone's in school already, what does it necessarily hurt? I know that you can social distance in the classroom. You can't necessarily do that on the football field, but it's one of those things where parents, I know we don't know the the long-term effects of COVID. We don't really know how it's going to affect us, but if parents are willing to sign the permission slip and kids that are 18 and up, Uh, I guess if they want to be able to make the decision inside and say, I want to play football, and the coaches are all okay with it, and the people who go to the games are all okay with it, I guess they can live with the results where something catastrophic could happen. Sadly, as kind of crazy as that sounds, but that could happen, and I guess if they're okay with living with the consequences, then who am I to say, like, you can't play?
1: Yeah, and they're trying to do all the safety precautions they can. I know there was a little debate, and they're going to have it all finalized on uh, having to wear a mask or not wear a mask during play. Now, that that just won't work. We've talked about that before, too. I think what they'll end up doing is they'll make players on the sidelines and the coaches wear a mask. But when you're on the field of play, you know, it doesn't make any sense no. to wear a mask. I mean, can you imagine they've allowed cross-country uh, to be back in action? Can you imagine running a cross-country race with a mask on? That's just impossible.
3: Yeah, I've seen some some uh, pictures of some practices where some players have the full face, like the masks on, and maybe they're just doing that during certain drills. But I know college, like Michigan, is uh, they have like an extended visor, basically, mm-hmm. that goes down over the actual face mask. And I've seen some players say like they're, you know, it's not the best, but they're getting used to it. So, yeah, I'm not sure if the MHSA is going to do something like that. But I think your point, Jared, About the whole, like, basically the choice thing is the biggest thing, whether it's college with the Big Ten or high school, because there's been players that have opted out. And it's like, if you understand the risks and your parents are okay with it and you're okay with it, and we're obviously doing all these safety precautions to try and make it as safe as we can. It should be up to you if you want to play. If you don't feel safe, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. If you don't want to go to the game, you don't have to go to the game. Listen on Z92 the castle.
1: Our ratings will I mean, be sky to- high, baby. <laughs> 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 they,
2: they will be. But the one thing I will say is people were acting like it was going to be the end of the world if these kids didn't play. Listen, there's about maybe 5% of the – and I've said this before, I get a lot of backlash every time I say this. But I'm going to say it again because I do firmly believe it. There's about 5% of high school football players who genuinely care. About playing high school football, they don't care, they, Whereas the rest of the ninety-five percent, all they care about is wearing the jersey on Fridays in school, getting the girlfriend, the cheerleader, or whatever, uh, staying there on the football team. So for all the people who were acting like it was such a huge injustice to these kids that they couldn't play, it really wasn't. And for all the parents who were going absolutely berserk, storming the Capitol with picket fences or picket signs and all that kind of stuff, like take it, like take a chill pill. These kids really don't care that much. Yes, there are the five percent that I would feel sorry for. But that's just that they would have had to have accepted the sacrifice where they weren't gonna be able to play. So I'm
1: sorry about that. So you're saying that's your opinion because it's not any fact checking there. Five five <laughs> percent. No well five percent's pretty damn low. Matt, would you would gonna, you agree with that?
3: I was gonna say I definitely agree with your thought that there are <laughs> a lot of people who join the team. You know, they know they're not really going to play or they just they want the jersey. That's exactly. I do agree with that. I'm going to say it's more like 60, 40. I was so, thinking that too. As far as like 60% actually want to be on the field and maybe 40% is just out there to, you know, wear the jersey and say they're on the football team. 95% <laughs> to 5%? I don't
1: hey, know. That's pretty I neat. mean, you want to rethink There
2: that? Are, there are some teams that are outliers, like a Muskegon or. A Davison, like the teams that are competing for a state title, sure, but there are so many bad teams out there. Let's talk so our team. So many Let's bad talk teams.
1: Corona Cavaliers. You played football the most recent. Would you say only 5% of your buddies I wanted to play football? S-
2: there are outliers. There are outliers. I would say, in general, teams around here, I would say there's probably, I'll loosen a little bit, 20% of the players on the team genuinely like put in a lot of hard work and genuinely care not you know go through the motions go to practice every day and just do it just so that they can say they're on the team and all that kind of stuff who those kids by the way are probably hating the fact that the decision got turned around and they were the same ones who probably were on video when the announcement happened and they had to throw out a fake like cheer like they were happy that the season all right on. let me not.
1: let me pre let me ask this question okay we're talking let's say we're talking two different things football practice leading (laughs) up to the Friday nights or the actual Friday nights. Does that percentage change a big time?
2: Every, anyone can get up for running the guys who well because one the guys aren't going to play the ones who don't care. Well, even anyone can get up don't for play. the Friday the warm up when everyone's watching and running through the tunnel. Everyone can get up for that. Well, that's, that's part what of, I mean. That's that's part that of that plays that plays into the <laughs> wearing the jersey on Friday night. Okay, that's what I meant. All right, I got gotcha. you. So I don't know. Like I said, it's it's water under the bridge now because we are playing. But that was just a thought that I've had brewing on my mind for a long time.
3: Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I just I don't think it's ninety-five to five, <laughs> but. No, I mean, we all know there's some guys that just go through the motions or whatever, but I still think there's a passion there. Like, you know, they still want to play for that school. But, but right, I do know what you mean. Like, there's probably some guys that were okay with the season being canceled, and now they're like, damn it, now
2: i got to go out and play.
1: Yeah, you know, I have to throw my hat in there, too, and say, yeah, I kind of agree, too. It was the 5% that threw me off.
2: Yeah, I'll, 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 like I said, I adjusted it to twenty. Okay, twenty percent of teams. So like ten guys, like you know, about ten guys on a team. Okay, genuinely, one hundred percent are one hundred percent in.
1: It's it's your observation, and you are entitled to it.
2: It's, a, it's a true observation. I really don't know. I I'm, I hate to pull this card. Most recent guy played high school football, three years out, and that's what my observation was at the time. That's what it is now.
1: I think this could be a three point podcast poll. That's what I think. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. Could be. <laughs> Go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for information on their upcoming auctions. The Auction House is packed with all kinds of great items. Stamp the to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications. Also, Nelson House Funeral Homes. Number one goal is to serve the families in our community. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them the most. They're the best in the business. For more details, See them on the web at nelson-house.com. And the official sports bar of 3 Point Podcast, Rivals Taphouse and Grill. They're back open for dine-in service. They have a full menu and specialize in pub sandwiches. Come on out for the Thursday bike nights and also the first of the month party. I was out there the 1st of September, had some great grub and drink. Rivals Taphouse and Grill in Corona. You know, it's also a great spot to watch NFL football. Lions are coming up next weekend. Uh, it officially starts Thursday night. How excited are you guys for the NFL and the Lions?
2: Uh, I'm super excited for the NFL. I'm not excited whatsoever for the <laughs> Lions. I don't know why it seems like you guys talk yourselves into this damn team every single year. Nothing has changed since since last year. Oh, we added DeAndre Swift. We added uh, Adrian Peterson. doesn't matter. The offensive line is horrible. Adrian Peterson. I loved how people have been tweeting about how this guy is such like a veteran presence in the locker room, how he's going to mentor quote unquote mentor uh, Deandre Swift and carry on Johnson. The guy almost like the guy, uh, do we forget that this is the same guy who, who like beat his kid up with a switch, like a piece of wood. <laughs> like w- w- this isn't exactly. And it's not like, and I love how people act like his football IQ is like through the roof. No, he he was good because no one could tackle him. Not because he was like some amazing route runner, pass catcher picking up blocks, knowing the playbook like inside and out audibling out of, plays like changing pass protections no he just knew how to run the ball so he's not gonna help us at all in the running game so we can just put that to bed right now and just the team is there's nothing different about this team from last year they're not good are you guys honestly like excited about this year i'm not
4: i can honestly say that i'm starting to sip on the honolulu blue kool-aid <laughs> a little bit and it, the only reason why and maybe i'm being a little naive here yeah. or it's not even naive because i've been watching the lions my whole life so i maybe i don't know why i'm doing it It's because all the reports coming out about how good Stafford looks, and I know that's where the season went downhill last year. It's not—I'm not saying they were going to win the Super Bowl, but once Stafford got hurt, I mean, he was playing like he was putting up MVP numbers last year, and then he got hurt. If he can stay healthy, the division isn't that strong. I know Rodgers is there, so the Packers are always going to be solid. The Bears are starting Trubisky, and we know he's trash. Kirk Cousins—I think he he is what he is—a solid QB. If Stafford can stay healthy with those running backs, that running back, that backfield is pretty legit. Like if you look at those names in the backfield, it's pretty good. It's all about Patricia too. Hey, can Patricia? Yeah, the lead put on, on that together? one. But the big thing is Stafford. If Stafford can stay healthy for sixteen games, I like I like the chances.
1: There's no doubt. We got to expect a breakout year from Stafford if he is healthy. That was the whole downfall of the team last year. They just completely fell apart. They didn't have a legitimate backup quarterback. I mean, you got to have somebody that's legit. They didn't. So they were totally ill-prepared for what happened when Stafford went down. Adrian Peterson, I think he is a good addition. I mean, he'll be a good, you know – Goal line runner, that's about his role. He'll also help mentor the other two backs. I think they do have a pretty good running attack. Let's see what the offensive line can do. My whole thing is always the defense. Will the defensive backs play? That seems to be still a little bit of a weakness. And you're right, it doesn't matter. It's like the old Chicago Cub fans. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid till they prove me wrong. I I think this team can win nine or ten games if they stay relatively healthy. And they could be right there at the top of the division. I,
2: mm-hmm. Matt, you said I, the division is probably the worst it's been in five, ten years. Probably Aaron Rodgers is on the decline. I mean, the Bears are a question mark every year. The Vikings, it's about time that they have a little bit of a drop off. But it's it's a hot seat year for Matt Patricia uh, for sure. If they don't if they don't make the playoffs, he's out. And mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, it's a, I'd say it's a hot seat year. I think for a lot of Lions fans in Matt Stafford. Like if he doesn't do it this year, the year like you said, Matt, where it's like MVP buzz pretty much out of nowhere. I don't know where that's coming from but there's MVP MVP buzz surrounding Stafford, where if he doesn't show out this year and probably win us a playoff game, I'm kind of out on the can Stafford win us a Super Bowl. So I know that there's a lot of question marks in terms of, like, coaching and especially defense. I'm calling it now. This defense is going to be absolutely horrendous, like maybe <laughs> in the 30s of NFL-ranked defenses. I know they have Jeff Okuda, and other than that, who do they have? Gerard Davis. That's about it. They're, they are a glaring weakness on the defensive side of the ball. I All we talk about is the offense with the Lions. The offense has never been a problem. It's always the damn defense. It's always the defense.
4: I mean, you got to hope that, you know, they've signed some guys. You you hope that Trey flowers actually has a decent season and they drafted a couple other guys for the defense. And yeah, Okuda is the big thing. I mean, he was their top pick. So, and they, they let Darius Slay go. If Okuda can come in, he's going to be a rookie. So it's not like he's going to step in and be a pro bowler from day one. But I mean, we saw him at Ohio state quite a bit that the the kid can play. So that's going to be a big thing. But the, the other biggest thing to me, too, is are all the other pieces on offense going to come together? Everyone wants them to pay Kenny Galladay a ton of money. I don't. I think he's a good receiver. I don't see him being like a Megatron type of receiver. Marvin Jones is good. And then the big thing is TJ Hawkinson. I hate, hate that they took him top ten. Yeah, bad pick. How do you take a tight end top ten? I absolutely hated that pick. But same thing. All the things coming out of camp is this kid is put on weight. He's put on muscle. He can block. He he. We saw him at Iowa. He's he's a great pass catching tight end. If you're drafting a tight end, top ten, he better be Travis Kelsey. He he better be a tight end like that because I mean, if you're going to draft him top ten, that's yep. what he should be. So that's the other thing too. If he takes that step year two, I don't know. Can Jared can, Jared? What you got behind you? You need some Honolulu blue Kool Aid back there.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, Here's the thing: as far as like all the news, got
4: some. See, there we go. We got some.
2: (laughs) As far as all the the positive news coming out of training camp, Lions media is idiots. They don't know what a winning team looks like. They've only been around the Lions their whole life. It's like us. We don't know any better. We've never been to a Patriots training camp, so watching them, quote unquote, Hawkinson and Stafford are balling out. They don't know. But do you guys, like, what is a successful season in your book? Is it, like, playoff win or bust? That's how I'm at with the Lions. It's playoff win or bust every single year until we get over that
1: hump. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if they make the playoffs, that's a step in the right direction. But if you lose your first round, what's the whole point, right? At least you see them play a game. But I agree. you got to win a playoff game. And if they have, let's say Stafford has an MVP type of season. It's possible. The guy can throw the ball. He's the greatest quarterback Lions have ever had. If he has that type of season, if they outscore the opponents, you know, just have throw the ball all over the place, get a decent running attack, just outscore opponents, this team could be exciting. And if they can get out a little bit of a roll with 10 wins, even maybe 11, I'm being very optimistic, they could do some damage in the playoffs. They, they could win a game.
4: You, you got to win a game because it, it'd be the same thing. It, it's like what we talk about with the Pistons. They're always hovering around that seven or eight spot in the playoffs. They never get a top draft pick. Nope. And then so that's where they're at all the time. So if the Lions do that, they make the wild card, they make it to the playoffs, and they lose in the first round. It's kind of like, okay, cool. So where are we at now? Whereas if you, win that, if you win a playoff game, you know, you can maybe make some noise. So... I'm, I'm excited about the back deal that, you know, when they signed uh, Adrian Peterson, it was kind of like, oh, all right. I mean, cool, I guess, you know, but <laughs> the names, Bo Scarborough, Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift. I mean, those were some dudes in the SEC. I mean, yeah. those were some dudes in the SEC. I, there's only one ball, though. You can only hand the ball off to one guy. So I don't know how they're going to do it. But yeah. I, I'm still, you yeah. know, Stafford's my guy. I'm sticking by Stafford. And he's got to win a playoff game at some point. Though. What, are he's you, gotta win a,
2: what are you guys most excited about? Let's say that the Lions don't necessarily have like the, they go eight and eight or something where it's like, it's just another mediocre season. For me, I can't wait to watch Jeff Okuda. There's something about a lockdown corner that is just must watch, especially if you guys remember against Michigan, he basically made Donovan Peoples-Jones like pee his pants. He had like four, three or four drops, like right in a row, right at the crucial point of the game. So at least I'll be able to watch that and actually root for him. Instead of absolutely rooting against him like I did all last year. So that's him. Jeff Okuda is number one on my list.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the rookie running back, personally. I mean, I just got excited watching Billy Sims play his first game ever for the Lions. <laughs> if he wouldn't have got injured, man, he would have been right there with Barry Sanders. So, you know, we went from Sims to Sanders. This kid, if, if he lives up to everything I'm hearing about, could be really exciting to watch. Yeah, and I mean, Jared started this
4: off the offensive line. I mean, there's still some questions. There's been what since Billy Sims was around Ted, there's been questions with the lions offensive line, but I mean, I'm just Stafford that I'm always, if Matt Stafford is playing, that's to me, must watch football for the lions. Cause like you said, Ted, he's the best quarterback, the lions have ever had, which I know isn't saying a whole lot, but I mean, he's a legit quarterback. So if he's out there playing, uh, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to, I'm going to dread through all four hours of that lions game and likely be really upset at the end.
2: (laughs) I will say this. Another just kind of silver linings is usually the Lions, they offer a lot of like humor in there and how they lose. Like they mess up the play, the the timeouts against the Chiefs or against the Minnesota Vikings a couple years ago. They gave up like 30 sacks in one game. Like it's kind of funny how they find different ways to kind of make us all look like the biggest idiots in the entire NFL. So that's another positive. And one last thing I got is just – I'm looking forward to knowing, we're going to know exactly who this team is in the first two games when we go against the Bears and the Packers. And we're going to know whether or not we need to tank the rest of the year or whether or not we need to actually pursue the playoffs. So that's another positive that we have to look forward to.
4: So you see you see what he's doing, Ted. He's yeah. saying the Lions are going to go 2-0 and and Jared's going to be sipping on that Kool-Aid. If they He'll do, if they do, that's sure. the good thing. <laughs> if
2: they go 2-0, and we all know that, hey, we got a legit shot at this division. But if they go 0-2, we know time yeah. to pack it up and prepare for Trevor Lawrence. That's what we
1: yeah. got to do. All right, three point podcast predictions. Since we haven't started play, it's going to be this weekend. I'll start it off. I think the Lions are going ten and six in the regular season. They're going to win a playoff game.
2: I have five and eleven, and <laughs> and, and, and maybe a deceiving five and eleven, where they might start off one and one, two and zero, oh, and then things just absolutely fall apart midway through the year.
4: I'm sitting at ten and six, but I'm saying eleven and five if Stafford can stay healthy. <laughs> and the one reason is because Ted, you talked about. Last season, yep, I'm sipping it. Last season, they, they didn't have a backup quarterback, and that's where it all fell apart. I don't want Stafford to get healthy. We do not want Stafford to get healthy. But they did actually sign a decent backup quarterback this year. So, if the running backs are good, the defense is good, and you know, hopefully not step, but Stafford gets hurt, they actually have a quarterback who could step in and play. So, I'm sitting at ten and six, but I'm going eleven and five, and Stafford's going to be up in that MVP talk. Super Bowl, baby.
2: <laughs> you guys are not only sipping the honolulu kool-aid you guys are drunk on this stuff. He's guys. has <laughs> got you guys are drunk I, I don't know what you're talking about have fun with the, the high expectations getting your hearts uh and dreams dashed yet again so
1: <laughs> all right there's our lions talk and let's hope that they do have a good season by the way i want to remind you the CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold keep up to date on cavalier nation at coronaconnection.com. Also, our great partners at Advanced Elevator. They feature top expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators, an area business leader, and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools, and brand-new onboard Hankard Sportswear. They're the area's go-to clothing and more printing business. They carry Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School spirit wear in stock and offer all other area items on request, T-shirts, sweatshirts, Polo shirts, uniforms, varsity jackets, you name it. Any other apparel along with signs and banners for your upcoming events. Stop by, call them at 989-725-2979 or give them a follow on Facebook at hankerd.sportwear. Well, that's a wrap, everyone, and make sure you let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and our brand new teammates, Hankered Sportswear. Also, big thank you to everybody that tunes in to the castle on Friday nights. We'll have our last castle classic this Friday night on Z92.5, the 1996 Corona versus DeWitt. Football playoff matchup. It's a good one. So, for Jared Fattell and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattell. Thank you again for supporting Three
0: Point Podcast.